1: Good morning. I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Here are the stories we're following today. The House has
2: elected to authorize an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. Dan Schwartzman
3: has the details in New York. Dan. Yeah, Brian, it has just come down. They have authorized an impeachment inquiry into President Biden. The vote, of course, going strictly on party lines. All 221 Republicans voting in support. All 212 Democrats voting against. Authorizing the impeachment inquiry now guarantees that the investigation will go on well into 2024. Biden, of course, running for re-election most likely against former president. President Donald Trump. Speaking of Trump, U.S. District Judge Tanya Chutkin has granted former President Trump's request to pause the 2020 election obstruction case, which is scheduled for trial in March as Trump presses the claim for immunity against criminal charges. The former president is appealing Chutkin's earlier ruling, which denied him immunity for events that took place while he was president. The judge has said her order to pause the case was just to hold on the schedule. And depending on how quickly the immunity issue is resolved, the original dates could still be revoked survived. Japanese Prime Minister Fumio Kishida telling reporters in Tokyo earlier today he is reshuffling his cabinet. Reports have emerged that he would be firing four ministers after a scandal rocked the ruling Liberal Democratic Party. The four ministers on the chopping block, including the chief cabinet secretary and trade minister, are part of a group that have been accused of hiding income from fundraising events. Kishida says the changes to his government will be announced on Thursday. In a news conference in Tel Aviv, Israeli Defense Minister Yoav Gallant says the country will continue its war against Hamas until the terror organization is dismantled and all remaining hostages are brought home. Kalan's comments coming on the heels of growing international condemnation of civilian casualties in the Gaza Strip, including President Biden highlighting Israel's loss of international support due to what he called the, quote, indiscriminate bombing that takes place. Elon Musk, who moved to Texas during the pandemic, is planning to start a university in Austin. More on that from Bloomberg's Charlie Pellet.
1: That's according to tax filings for the billionaire's latest charity called The Foundation. The new institution, seeded with a roughly $100 million gift from Musk, will start with a STEM-focused primary and secondary school. According to an application to the IRS for the tax-exempt status obtained by Bloomberg, once it is operating, it, quote, intends to ultimately expand its operations to create a university
3: dedicated to education at the highest level in New York. Charlie Pellet, Bloomberg Radio. Thanks, Charlie. Global News, 24 hours a day and whenever you want it with Bloomberg News Now. I'm Dan Schwartzman, and this is Bloomberg.
0: The Capital Ideas Podcast now has a new monthly edition hosted by Capital Group CEO Mike Gitlin. Investment professionals reveal their best mentors, how they find their next great idea, and a few funny stories. Subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. American Funds Distributors, Inc. From Silicon Valley to Wall
2: Street, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. Let's take a look now at the hour's top business stories. Well, as Doug mentioned earlier, the Fed has left interest rates steady and gave its clearest signal yet that the aggressive hiking campaign is done. The dot plot implies no rate hikes and in fact, 75 basis points of cuts in 2024. Fed Chair Jay Powell, however, insisted that the projections are not a preset plan. As he said, inflation is still too high.
1: We are prepared to tighten policy further, if appropriate. We're committed to achieving a stance of monetary policy that is sufficiently restrictive to bring inflation sustainably down to 2 percent over time and to keeping policy restrictive until we're confident that inflation is on a path to that objective.
2: Still, Powell said that the FOMC has begun discussing when to ease policy. He said most Fed officials now see that risks to price growth as broadly balanced.
1: Stateside, hedge funds and brokerage firms have some new requirements on certain transactions involving trading in U.S. Treasuries. Today, the Securities and Exchange Commission voted to require all transactions involving so-called repurchase agreements to use clearinghouses to complete them. Here is SEC Chair Gary Gensler.
4: There is a lot of borrowing leverage in the Treasury markets. Bringing things into central clearing can address that in a number of ways. One is the clearing itself does something called multi-party netting which lowers a lot of risk in the system.
1: That is SEC Chair Gary Gensler. Now, the commission said the new central clearing mandate would apply to treasury transactions in both the cash and repurchase markets, and the new rules could also bolster oversight of highly leveraged positions, such as the so-called basis trade. Those trades, by the way, do use the repo market. Brian? Brian?
2: Well, Citigroup is offering to pay some staffers a portion of their bonuses early if they agree to leave the company voluntarily. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Sally Bakewell.
3: City can make less layoffs as part of this broader restructuring that it's unveiled in September. And it's also hoping that staffers will see this as the lesser of two evils if they kind of cut and run by taking part of a guaranteed bonus. Now, if they get caught up in that's better than getting caught up in the likely and anticipated extended cuts next year when they could end up with no job and no bonus.
2: Bloomberg's Sally Bakewell. Citigroup has already cut more than 300 senior management roles as part of its September revamp.
1: We go to Tesla next. The company is recalling more than two million vehicles. This comes after the top U.S. auto safety regulator determined Tesla's driver assistance system, Autopilot, doesn't do enough to prevent misuse. Here's Bloomberg's Craig Trudell. This
4: dates back actually to August 2021 when uh, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration Uh, open an investigation into autopilot after uh, several crashes into first responder vehicles. So there would be an existing uh, crash scene that the Tesla would uh, come up on and run into say a police car or a fire truck. Uh, And, you know, since then, actually, NHTSA has opened uh, a separate uh, defect investigation into autopilot. There's been all sorts of scrutiny into into these systems uh, going back years.
1: That is Bloomberg's Craig Trudell. Now, Tesla said it's expecting to begin deploying an over-the-air software remedy to take care of the situation. Brian?
2: Well, with all the support that China's economy appears to need, it was a little surprising that China's November credit growth remained slow. Let's get the story from Bloomberg's Yvonne Mann in Hong Kong.
3: Aggregate financing rose 9.4% compared to the same month last year. That follows a streak of single-digit growth recorded this year and contrasts the double-digit expansion that was normal in previous years. Weak corporate borrowing and the slow rate of money supply expansion also worried economists. The collapse in the housing market has undermined credit demand from both developers and households. China's annual economic policy meeting said the expansion of credit and money supply should match growth and inflation targets. Some economists say that might be a signal for more room to cut interest rates and banks' reserve requirements in the months to come. In Hong Kong, I'm Yvonne Mann, Bloomberg Radio.
1: Chinese property developer Country Garden has surprised creditors. The company has made a full yuan bond repayment. More from Bloomberg's Joanne Wong in Hong Kong.
2: Country Garden's Sanchor unit says it has repaid a $111 million bond in full. The debt had a put option due Wednesday. It added in a filing to Shenzhen Stock Exchange that the debt would be delisted. We reported earlier that Country Garden Holdings representatives had remitted funds to fully repay the note's outstanding principal and interest. Sources say it did not provide any reason for the decision. But with this full repayment, Country Garden will avoid a first default on a local yuan bond. In Hong Kong, i Wang Wong, Bloomberg Radio. Joanne, thank you. Ten minutes now past the hour. This is Bloomberg Daybreak Asia. I'm Brian Curtis, and my colleague Paul Allen joins us now from Sydney. Our guest is John Taylor, Stanford University Professor of Economics and also Hoover Institution Senior Fellow for a closer look at the Fed decision. Mr. Taylor, thank you so much for being with us. Uh, Fed Chief Jay Powell said that the Fed is now well into restrictive territory. That is totally new. Just two weeks ago, he said that it would be premature to say so. So what has happened in the interim?
5: Well, I think the language has changed, but what is important is they didn't get any indication they were going to move away from the goal of 2% inflation. And they reiterated that a couple of times. And so that means, I think that's an important thing for the markets to understand. They're not Going to go above two, going to keep it at two, that's that's something that they've agreed upon. The the statement that they're a little bit uh, on guard, I think they're always on guard, and I think that what's new to me is that they've focused a little bit more on making sure that there's a possibility of raising rates.
4: Mm. Yeah, so it's still not off the table. And uh, one other thing that didn't change is Jay Powell saying, look, it's still too early to declare victory over inflation. Uh, When you look at the inflation picture, where do you think the Fed is in terms of the fight?
5: Well, first of all, don't forget that it was a year and a half ago or so, the inflation rate got over 9%. And the interest rate then was only 25 basis points, 025 and so they've made quite a bit of adjustments since then and inflation has come down, I think, partly as a result of that. So the question is now, and it's gone so high that it's, it's five, 0.25 or 5.5 is the federal funds rate. So the question is when they will reduce it. He made it clear that it wasn't right away. It would be next year sometime. And many of the prognosticators are syndic- indicating there will be a decline sometime next year. And I think there w- will be, of course, that requires the inflation rate to come down a bit.
2: Should we be a little surprised that policymakers didn't push back with some of these market bets? And they could have done so with the dots, because we all know that the dot plot is not really a plan. It's just projections. Uh, and, and it seems like since they didn't push back with, uh, you know, the dot plots, um, maybe suggesting that there was still, um, you know, some hikes to come, that that might suggest that they really are confident they are done.
5: Well, I think they are confident they're done. They're they're hoping that the inflation rate, don't forget this 2% goal is still there. And they've made some projections that the interest rate will be coming down in 23 and 25 and 26. But it's still not all the way to two, and so it's it's a little more gradual than you like. But I think that's true. One one thing that's good about the meeting is they've s- said there'll be rate lowers lower rates next year. They even said to some extent through the dot plot how much that'll be. Mm-hmm. But the main thing is they didn't indicate an a reduction right away. And I think Powell made that pretty clear. It's 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 not really ready for that.
4: Yeah, so we've got the dots indicating seventy-five basis points of cuts next year, but Correct. the market pricing in one hundred and fifty. Why the divergence? Is this hope on the part of the market, or is there a credible reason for the dis- disagreement here?
5: Well, the market could be. There's a, there's so-called t- a Taylor rules named after me, is thirty years old, and the Fed publishes that in their reports and their talk about it all the time. It could be that the market is looking for a little bit more on inflation than the Fed has indicated it's going to happen. The Fed may be a little bit cautious. I think it's, it's it's okay for the Fed to be cautious. 75 basis points or so in 2024 is quite a bit. They might have to do more than that, but they didn't say it'll be less than that or more than that. They say that's the best guess, and that's come from the dot plots. It's, it's really not... commitment of any in any way shape or form but it's it's a a direction of of that i think they're likely to go
2: so it's not a a massive about face uh, but but i wonder whether or not um, with this kind of change uh, that it would worry some investors that ooh, all of a sudden the fed has changed to this degree uh do you think that that might get reflected in in market action
5: you know i don't think it's if you've looked at it carefully the fed has not changed that much the Mm. The Chair has pretty much been on the same page at least for the last five or six days. The notion that they're going to reduce rates is pretty clear. they've stayed that. The notion that the the current rate is five point two five to five point five is still there and so I think in some sense this is a, a not a not a surprise, but you're right. it might be some people well, are taking it that way.
2: But but John, I mean, we, we just two weeks ago, just before the blackout period, I mean, here's the direct quote from Mr. Powell. It would be premature to conclude with confidence we have achieved a sufficiently restrictive stance. Yet today, he said, we're well into restrictive territory. Is that not a big change?
5: You know, I think the fact that he clarified that we may have to go the other way. If if you mm-hmm. read carefully, he did say that. Yeah. And to me, it's not as big a change as you like, as you might think. I, I actually do rely on this so-called Taylor rule, which was published there quite a bit, and they've they followed it for a while. They were off a while. Now they're getting back to it. They're very close at this point, and according to what the projection is, it's going to continue that way through the next year and a half. So I think that's the thing to keep in mind. The Fed itself keeps it in mind. The chair has referred to that several times, but not today.
4: Does what Brian say Is what Brian's saying, though, an indication of a possible communications breakdown? How has the Fed's communication been, in your view?
5: I think it's actually improved, if you like. Right now, they, with this Rate uh, five and a quarter, five and a half, or so uh, is is about where it should be given the inflation rate and given the state of the economy. It, it's beginning to come down. Remember, it was not that long ago the inflation rate was very high, 9.1%. Now, it's come down quite a bit. It's not a 2. It's not a 2, and we have to make sure the Fed has not changed its commitment to a 2% goal. And so, it's moving in that direction. And so, I think there's not as much change if you read through the lines that you're indicating. They're basically on their way down. They're doing it in a managed way. I think they could do a little faster, but they're doing it in their own managed way, and I think that's the right direction to go.
2: Well, I asked about whether the market might react in a certain way. Um, We did see a big drop in yields. Uh, Now, that doesn't necessarily mean that that people are extremely nervous. Uh, But with the 10-year here, 10-year is right at 4% now. I mean, it's it's quite shocking that in weeks, uh, we've moved from 5%, a little above 5%, to 4.01% on the 10-year. Uh, The two-year, I can understand it's really tied to Fed policy, Uh, but this is a pretty big uh, move down to 4% for the 10-year. Do you expect that this is kind of uh, an overshoot at the moment, or is this just just the beginning of a lot more to come? Let me say, I hope,
5: it's, I hope it's not an overshoot. I think 10 years is, is quite a ways out. And you can think about the, the rate maybe should be somewhat higher, but not much. Who knows 10 years from now? But here you have to be very careful to take the rest of the world into account. The ECB has just begun to come down. There's a new governor of the Bank of Japan. There's a question of Latin America. And so the the Fed has has been wise to begin to lead the way. Remember, just just a year and a half ago, they were at 025 and so it's quite a change. They're well behind the curve. Now you could argue they're too far ahead, but I think they're just about right. And if they continue on this mode, then it should it should work out quite well.
4: So we've got a two-year of 4.426, the 10-year at 401, um, so still inverted. When do you see that disinverting?
5: I think it'll happen over the year. This, if, if, if the Fed continues... With the path they've indicated, and I I know I've said it a couple times already, but the so-called Taylor Rule is, is out there, and it's in their publications, and they're, they all know about it, and other central banks do, too. And so, what, what has changed, I think, in the last year and a half is a more adherence to that. We, we have not seen the discrepancy that existed two years ago. They're really pretty close now, and as the inflation rate begins to come down a little bit further, uh, then they'll 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 continue with that reduction in the rates.
2: So we've talked a lot about the Fed, not so much about the economy. Um, yes. uh, what what do you think about um, the path of the economy here? Because, you know, tied to my earlier questions, some people might say, "Ooh, I mean, maybe they see something that we don't see." How do you feel the economy is churning along at the moment?
5: I think the economy could be doing better. Here, you need to think about fiscal policy as well as monetary policy. You need to think about regulatory policy as well as monetary policy. You think about our overall policy with respect to the dollar, with respect to our international. But I think the opportunity for the economy to grow more rapidly is there. And I think that should be the focus. As the Fed continues with its efforts to bring inflation down, there should be a renewed effort to keep Growth high, and I think that's that has to do with the regulatory policy, has to do with fiscal policy. It's not just monetary policy, but monetary policy has to be consistent with that. But I think we shouldn't let that maybe three percent, three and a half percent goal go away.
1: Just say, Alexa, play Bloomberg 1130.
2: Plus, listen coast to coast on the Bloomberg Business app, Sirius XM, the iHeartRadio app, and on Bloomberg.com.
1: I'm Brian Curtis. And I'm Doug Krisner. Join us again tomorrow for all the news you need to start your day right here on Bloomberg Daybreak Asia.